Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, March 11th, 2019. I am Eric. He is Tristan. And with us today, top researcher and vampire expert Kyle Sapi And Daniel D. Dot pushes all the right buttons as our producer. Lots to discuss on today's show because, well, the season starts next week, technically. Whoa. Uh, Tristan wrote an article. So we'll discuss that. Well, yes, the season starts next week. Right? I know. I love it. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. I can't wait to wake up early. I mean, you know, it's like a preview yesterday with the whole time change thing. It what felt is it, like 5 a.m. those games start it's, in Japan? Yeah, I believe it's 5 exactly Eastern. So it'll it'll feel a little like that. So it'll really be 4. Marco Gonzalez throwing the first pitch. <laughs> I don't even know who the home team is. I guess um, for each game it's one of each, right? I think. It, actually, I think I think Oakland might be the home team for that. I'll have to look that one By up. By the way, don't, don't let the fact that baseball games are being played in Japan on March 20th affect your drafting. It shouldn't. The season really starts for everybody on March 28th, which isn't too far away itself. But the point is, like, don't, like, reach for Chris Davis if he hits a home run in the first game or something like that. Or avoid Marco Gonzalez in your AL only because he gets shelled in the first game. You know, it's just a couple games. There's six months of games. Or you when know, if a guy misses... Two or three weeks, it's not a big deal, as we're going to discuss a little bit later. <laughs> or or when you draft your auction league a couple of days after the Japan games and spend a dollar or whatever. Actually, I think it was $5 on Brandon Moss because he homered there. <laughs> I, yeah, that That's never already. happened, ever. <laughs> All right, well, uh, lots of stuff's going to happen on this today's show. A little bit later on, Kyle will speak about uh, your questions, your hash browns, the Vampire League drafts tonight. But we have lots of news, so here's the buzz. <laughs> All right, I think the big news today is that Vlad Guerrero Jr. has a, a minor oblique injury, which saves Toronto the embarrassment of not promoting him. Um, we've discussed this a lot. The Blue Jays were not going to have Guerrero on the opening day roster anyway. How much do you change your ranking of Guerrero now that he has an oblique injury, which probably cost him the next three weeks, which is, to me, not a big deal. I wrote about this, but I want to hear your thoughts, Tristan. I'll say, and I actually agreed with what you wrote on the, the adjustment for him. I, I'd say it's about three rounds. Uh, I ran it through my projection system, and uh, taking away 50 PAs would cost him $4 in auction price and would cost him 32 spots in the rankings. So that's roughly three rounds. Now, that does not account at all for the replacement-level player you get that replaces him in April in a standard mixed league. It's easier to replace him there, so that's why I'd have a more generous ranking. But just from the, the overall perspective, I think he's at the back end of the top 100 instead of being a potential top 50 pick. Yeah, that's not what I wrote. <laughs> I don't know if you read it, but I, I wrote I did. maybe you didn't, one. You, you I said maybe one round. Maybe one round. If, if we had him projected for 550 PA and now it's 500... I don't care. That doesn't affect anything for me. No, I, I think still think should. he's playing. Well, obviously the bulk, that's something. But if we think he's going to bat over 300, which we do, with tons of power, which we do, he's already Toronto's best player. If, if you want to spend a fifth-round pick on Vlad Guerrero, do it. This oblique injury shouldn't change anything for you. It, it, it barely changes anything for me. I, I, I wrote I'd move him down one round, and that's it. So I understand what you're saying. Technic- you're using official language that he'll lose three home runs and 12 RBI or whatever it is. And yes, that moves him down three rounds to you. But like, if I look at a player who's going at like 75, 
and it's him versus Vlad, I'm probably still going to take Vlad. So I'm I'm optimistic about Vlad. You and I have talked about what we feel about him and his projections for a while on the show. I, I love the guy. He's not the Blue Jays' best hitter because he has not played yet. And that is important here. He's not going to play in April. I, I think that the problem is you take three weeks away, he's going to come back to playing uh, around March 31st. That means he's going to be ready for the beginning of the AAA season. I wonder whether they're going to play him in AAA based on the cold temperatures in Buffalo. I, w- I want to see how that plays out. And I think that they're going to make him hit there over a three-week span after that. So we're looking at May 1st. I think we have to take into account the fact that this now guarantees the May 1st debut or later, and there's the possibility they keep him there longer, don't you think? I guess, but, I mean, you're saying you think Justin Smoke or somebody else is a better player he, he is, than Vlad? No, no. We can project what we feel he's going to be this season, but you're saying he's the Blue Jays' best hitter now. He hasn't played a game for them, and the fact that he hasn't played a game for them means that there's no guarantee. It's not an ironclad guarantee. And to lose time because of the injury casts some doubt about his on his ability to perform for you in fantasy immediately. We thought he was going to be fully healthy and sent down the minors for some ridiculous reason. Now there's a reason for it. Well, it's not a ridiculous reason. Everybody does it. I mean, there's, it's service time It's a issues. ridiculous reason. Yeah, but it's it's a valid reason. Like, you're implying that it's yes. not. The, yes. Blue, the Blue Jays are perfectly within their rights, and every other major league team does the exact same thing. Cubs did it for Chris Bryant, and then they won a World Series. I and mean, Brian everybody hit, does it. Yeah, Brian hit like crazy during spring training. There was no question Brian should have been on the Cubs opening day roster. You and I both knew that at the time. If Vlad yeah, had but... played these next three weeks and put up monster numbers, we'd have absolutely no doubt about his ability to hit on opening day. But this injury, it's an oblique thing. It's a three-week absence. How do we know he's going to be fine just in that first week or two afterwards? All right, fair enough. Um, by the way, the, the real big injury to the prospect pool was Joe Adele of the Angels, who has a hamstring strain and a sprained ankle. He's going to lose – he could lose almost half the season of development time. Now, in a redraft league, I didn't think Joe Adele was going to play for the Angels this year anyway until September. But now he may not be on the opening day roster in 2020. In a, in a, a dynasty league, it doesn't change what you think of Joe Adele. He's going to be great. But um, just something to watch. He loses two months, three months of – this happened to Glaber Torres. He missed basically a whole season. Mm-hmm. He still was great when he got promoted, but a little later than expected, right? Right, right. And the Torres thing actually is what – does worry me in terms of the ETA for Vlad, who we talked about a minute ago. But from the Adele perspective, uh, I, I mentioned I thought that, that that he could see time in addition to just September this season. That's off the table now. He's still a very um, appealing dynasty prospect. Absolutely. Doesn't change anything. Uh, other news, Adam Jones has found an employer, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, which seems like an odd fit to me because they have a left fielder and a right fielder, and Adam Jones really isn't a center fielder. I wrote some scathing things in my article today. I don't care. They're all dead on. The fact is that Adam Jones is really not a very good player anymore. He's a replacement-level average player. My my concern here is that Cattell Marte, who I like a lot, is going to lose playing time here because he was going to be the center fielder, and now he'll go to second base where he'll share time with others, including Wilmer Flores. One of my deep sleepers, I'm one of yours, is a first baseman for Arizona, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of bodies now, and if they use Adam Jones for 600 at-bats, that's a mistake. Mm, yeah. Um, 
I, I do feel that from at least from the, the the fantasy angle, and I also think from the defensive angle, he is a, a bit overrated. I also don't think that this is some sort of slam dunk uh, dunk destination for him because adding the humidor to Chase Field last year did lower the numbers. It's not the same offensive environment that people expect it's going to be. As a matter of fact, it's a pretty significant downgrade using the one-year park factors in terms of power. And Jones needs to generate a lot of his fantasy value, and frankly, his pure baseball value simply from the power. So I think it's an all right landing spot, but I'm with you. I like Marte. I think I think Marte is a much more interesting fantasy option. I think Wilmer Flores is a much more interesting fantasy option. I think the first baseman we'll mention in a minute is, well, <laughs> probably not a better pick, but an interesting guy. And Jones is there to do his typical thing where he'll give you, what, 20 home runs and a 265 batting average. I mean, all right, that's useful for NL only leagues. Yeah, I mean, last year was 17 home runs, 281. That's He ended up as the number 45 outfitter on ESPN's player rater. So there is some late-round value. I just – I don't think he should play over some of the players he's going to play over. It's just – it's a narrative that goes on in baseball between these reporters and the agents and people who say, oh, he deserves to be a starter for a contending team. No, he doesn't. He was an average player the last couple of years. Come on, face it. I like him. He's really nice. But let's get down to business. Catel Marte should be playing every day. He, now he may not. Yeah, and I think Marte is really the bothersome example here. I think it's a good signing for them in terms of dollar values and oh, you know yeah. having another yeah. guy in your outfield and the veteran presence. But in in for for our purposes, those don't matter much. They they just don't. You know this veteran presence. Junk, I, I, know, I, I know. I I just can't get over how many people think that veteran presence is an important thing. You're right. I've never played major league baseball. A stop with the veteran presence. Arizona is going to win what 75 games. What are they going to win now because he's on their team? 76 because he's a veteran presence in the clubhouse? I don't get it. Like Christian Walker is the guy on your sleeper list and my sleeper list. I bought him for a dollar in labor and L yep. and was happy and nobody else bid, bid me up either because of the timing of it or because they think I'm nuts. But like Jake Lamb can't hit left-handed pitching. So if Jake Lamb is your first baseman, Christian Walker should get a bats. He can't get demoted. He's one of the guys I like. There's a lot of other – actually, your sleeper list is a, very similar to mine if I was to write such an article – you know that I've already got shares of a couple of these guys in a yep. bunch of leagues, mm-hmm. including this Marlins right-hander who's having a great spring, Pablo Lopez, yep. who should be in the rotation. Uh, and then that Padres reliever who I said could be the next Josh Hader, yep. but you think could be a starter, and he could be. Matt Strom. That's, mm-hmm. Anyway, read the entire article because it's really good. But um, And this is for deeper leagues, right? I mean, like your yeah. point here is like, you're not going to draft Matt Strom in a 10-team mix. It does really, going back to Walker for a second, it does really bother me that the Diamondbacks are just putting players in his path. I mean, that's been his pro career. <laughs> he played behind Chris Davis in Baltimore, and that was when Chris Davis was good and deserved to play ahead of him. And then he played behind Paul Goldschmidt, and then Paul Goldschmidt gets traded, and Walker's a clear first base for him, and then they re-sign Eduardo Escobar, then they sign Wilmer Flores, and now they add Adam Jones. It's kind of like, he can't catch a break. Walker's numbers in AAA were great. I'd love to see him get a an extended opportunity, and happily we'll, we'll throw the dollar at him. I'll throw the dollar at Strom because, yeah, I, I see what you're saying with Hayter. I think he's starting. I think he's in the rotation. I, I think he's in the rotation as of today, period. What's the comp I made on uh, Christian Walker the other day or last week? It wasn't Aguilar. It was uh, like a guy who's been sitting in the minors for too long and hasn't got it. Oh, it was Luke Voigt. It was, it was Luke yes, Voigt. Yes, yes, yes. I like the Aguilar the chance, one. That could work too. I mean, Aguilar sat in the minors – Looked like a 4A player, but he never really got a shot. And then Milwaukee says, okay, here's your shot. And look at him. Top 10 first baseman in fantasy. Mm-hmm. He's a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Christian Walker's going to have 30 home runs, but 
He could. Give a shot. He could. I, I think it's all legit. I mean, a right-handed power hitter, first baseman, just let him play and something mm-hmm. good could happen. Um, we did a points mock draft on Thursday of last week. We don't talk points enough on this show. Points leagues are the standard at ESPN uh, Fantasy now. So it is important to note what happened in that draft and if people are playing standard or if they're playing roto, which is what I talk about the most. But you and I both took a pitcher in the first round of that points mock. and I suspect it was more because – that's the best player available at the time. Not that we were focusing on getting a pitcher. Is that the, is that what your case was? It's about the fact that pitching drives scoring, especially the workhorse pitchers. And the one I took, I think, is, was probably the more controversial one. It was Aaron Nola, and I did take him ahead of Corey Kluber, for example. And it's just that I saw the stability of of the the starts and innings projection for him. Um, I, I feel like the floor is awfully high for him. Maybe the ceiling's not quite as high as it is for some of the pl- uh, a couple of the players drafted ahead of him. But I, I wanted to build around that base. I wanted to get the the top shelf guy and then surround him with a, a strong stable of relief pitchers because you can exploit that around the game starts cap in ESPN leagues because of the daily transactions. And Nola kind of fit that description. The two biggest things I notice from every points league draft, whether they're mock or real, is one, the closers, as you mentioned. In this uh, particular draft, 13 closers came off the board before the beginning of round nine. In a standard roto, you mm-hmm. might have two or three closers off the board by then. The other thing is the speed. The hollow speed guys who don't do anything else, D. Gordon, Billy. I don't think D. Gordon got drafted at all. Starling Marte fell to number 98 overall. You do not need speed to win a points league. It's one number. Everything goes into one number, and the stolen bases just aren't as valuable as the power and the base hits and the walks. Mm -hmm. Joey Votto is a second-round pick in a points league. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that goes back to Jones earlier in our show is another example of you don't want the guys who don't walk and swing and miss a lot. They are much less valuable. Marte stands out above all of these. He's the example of the guy who's an exceptional rotisserie pick and a very ordinary player in points-based leagues. I mean, D. Gordon becomes, and, and Billy Hamilton, they become obvious guys that you avoid in points leagues because you're only get the, getting the points for the stolen bases. It's the players who don't walk and strike out a ton and derive a lot of their value from speed, like Marte, who, who I think need to be pushed down. Clayton Kershaw was the number 26 starting pitcher. He went in round 10. What's your update? You're doing a draft this week. We don't know if Kershaw, I, I would assume Kershaw's not pitching the first week or two of the season, but I don't know for sure. But what are you doing at this point with Kershaw, with Severino, with Mike Fulton-Nevich, who is destined to start the year on the disabled list with an elbow problem? How, like, I remember the year, and look, this dates us a little, but Jason Schmidt didn't pitch the first three weeks of the season, and he still ended up the number one player on the player radar. That was in the 90s. So mm-hmm. it can happen. But what do you do if you're concerned about these guys? You just let someone else take them? It was really the 90s. Wow. <laughs> was it, I, I believe it was It like, might have been like 01 or 02 or 03. I remember the year you're talking about. So uh, Kershaw, the whole reading the tea leaves thing with that is uh, I feel like there's a chance they could push him back in the rotation of the first time they need a fifth starter. More likely because it's a 10-day DL situation. Well, oh, wait. It's a 10-day IL situation now. You can throw him on that list for the first round of the schedule and then bring him back after that. There was optimism about his throwing program, but we're still not progressing to the point where I can get extremely optimistic. I think we'll get an answer on that before the weekends, the the upcoming weekends drafts, but I'm still a bit worried. In the points league, I understand why he would be drafted where he was. It's because on a per-start basis, he's going to give you that high impact, and I like to piece it together even more in a points league than I do in Roto. Uh, Severino, I, I, it's it's going to be two weeks. 
I mean, I feel he's going to be on the deal at least two weeks to begin the year. So I'm a little bit scared of that. We, we talked about that the other day. Nothing's really changed for me. And I don't expect to get an update for at least another week. Fultonavich, I'm, I'm in the I really don't know state with him. I'm, I'm worried about him just because we know he's not going to be ready on opening day, but we don't know the timetable. I mean, don't you feel like he's got to be dialed back at least five spots among starters? I have it more than that, more than 10, because, you know, we think it might only be a couple of weeks, but it could be two months. We just it could be everything. We don't know whenever it's an elbow. Obviously, we, we worry a little bit more about the shoulder. But, you know, with an elbow, I mean, the worst case scenario is Tommy John surgery. And we, we just don't know with him. And Atlanta can play it safe. They don't really have, like, I mean, I guess Fultonevich is their ace, but they don't really, they have a lot of depth, I think, and they can get by the first couple of weeks. It's, it's just, you can take, like, one chance on a starting pitcher like this in a draft, but not more than that. Like, you can't draft Kershaw and Fultonevich because, what do you have, like, three bench spots? You can't take the chance mm-hmm. that, that one or two of these guys are going to be out for a really long time, then you wasted a pick. Right. They, they've got depth. The problem is that they're dealing with a lot of unexpected injuries, and they're they're also depth in inexperienced arms. They have a lot of upside young guys, and I worry about the inexperience coming back to haunt them. I mean, we've seen this happen so many times where the unexpected team from the year before has a few setbacks early in the season, and then things just go awry, and they end up being a 75-win team. That's what's worrying me a lot about the Braves right now. Um, the Seeger brothers, Kyle uh, has a wrist injury. We should find out later today the extent of how much time he will miss, but he might not be ready for opening day, which for him is next week. And his brother Corey still coming back from the uh, the elbow surgery, the hip, expected to be ready for opening day, but I've been fading Corey Seeger in all leagues. And Kyle was like a 20th round pick anyway. He was had a terrible year last season. Uh, so just be a little bit careful there. Um, Corey Seeger is someone I've been fading. Carlos Correa is another. Any, any like top... 50 top 75 guys you've been fading in drafts that you know of off the top of your head um of top 50 picks guys that uh that we hadn't discussed before hmm yeah i mean like i don't know if seeger's going in the top 50 right now but i had concerns about his numbers even before he got hurt like he seemed like a a 23 homer middle infielder and everybody was jumping for joy and it is great but there's a lot of guys doing that now shortstop is not a weak position it's not right. scarce at all there's you there's can no get that. There's no injury-related guy in there, but I, I typically am not finding that I'm I'm on the Javier Baez train at that price point. I'm not really on the uh, Andrew Benintendi one. We discussed him, I think, two or three shows ago. Yeah. It's not like I'm anti-Benintendi. It's just among the top 50. These are all exceptional players. I, I there's nothing. I mean, I'm I'm nitpicking with these players, and I and I feel like just at at that spot, if you're drafting Andrew Benintendi around 30th overall, I'll pass. I think it's going to happen next year, not this. By the way, the Jason Schmidt season was 2003. Yeah, not in the 90s, Eric. That was way too long ago. I remember the Jason Schmidt season. <laughs> you were two, oh, whoa! No, wow! That was my first year in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> you played fantasy when you were two years old? Uh, yeah. yeah. I want proof. Prodigy. You remember, Prodigy. You remember Schmidt, but do you remember Shawshank Redemption? Come on. No, I remember and having seen things are two different things. I've seen Jason Schmidt pitch. I've never seen that apparently overrated movie, according to some producer. Oh, oh! No, 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 no. Are you kidding overrated. me? Overrated. Whoa! Did you hear what he just said? Take a timeout. Go to the corner and take a timeout. That okay? was I. I let him explain it. Not overrated at all. All right, I've never it. seen it. I, I can't speak. I do. I do think it's the most overrated movie of all time. But, over, wow. but listen, overrated does not mean it's not good. It means that it's overrated. Like that means people right. have it inside the top five. Doesn't mean it's not a phenomenal, incredible movie. I just don't think it's a best all time top five movie. That's all wow. I'm saying. Well, Is it this? Think- Is it that it's so underrated? It's overrated. Is it that thing? Because I know that no. has been a case people... I don't think that's what it is. I, I don't. 
I don't. No, but, but just I really quickly think- to keep up with yeah. this, just so you guys know, uh, the Seeger's father, Bob Seeger, is on his final tour. If you guys want to go out and catch Bob Seeger before he hangs it up, I mean, I actually. I looked for tickets this morning. I, I literally. Looked what round this are you morning. drafting him in? I want to know now. Got to like update him in your one. ranks. I, I would love to see Bob Seeger in person, and he is playing close to our, where we live. And I'm thinking about getting. They're like only on the lawn, though. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So, like, because I just wasn't aware quick enough. So, yeah. would you sit on lawn seats? You know, what if it rains? I, yep. you know, I would we were, do it. We were talking about this in Phoenix, though. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah our friends trying got to tickets and yeah. I I I would like to go. You should do it, Eric. I'm gonna get tickets and take my dad. Like this is, I mean, this is one of those last times. I wish I could have seen so many other artists, but like if this is Seeger's real, true last tour, like time to see a legend before he hangs it up. Well, right after the show, you know where I'm gonna look on SeatGeek because getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know whom to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. Pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, listeners to this fine show get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code Frank Frank Barney for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. See how easily we can meld one thing into another there? I'm a yeah, true professional. Nicely done. <laughs> Glad to mention that, though. I need to get back in there. Now, if you could transition to, into, into vampires, I'd be really impressed. I got to be honest. I'm not up to date with vampire talk. I got you with the vampire talk. We've got a draft tonight, Eric. You're going to be taking part, or at least supervising. You're not af- actually drafting anybody. The vampire draft. Oh, I am. Oh, oh we are. Oh, okay. I've set, I've set my... What is it called? You know, like uh, I've yeah. I've set my queue with Phillies that won't make the team. How excited so, are you yeah. to draft those players? I I Ranger put Eric Suarez. on the top of my queue, so we're all good. <laughs> those drafts will take place at eight o'clock tonight. So next podcast, we'll have a roster full of vampire talk. We'll be able to break down who the guys are picking up as their vampire teams to start the season. Obviously, it changes as we go. But yeah, that'll be fun. Draft orders random, randomized an hour before, and we'll get rolling. Can't wait. As for the hash browns, and there were some vampire-centric hash browns, but we'll save those for next time. Carter wants to know, do you expect the opener thing to catch on? If so, what teams may consider it? He plays in a point in a league with a starts cap, so basically it's a cheat code if you can find those guys ahead of time. I think it already caught on, didn't it, Tristan? I mean, the Rays yep. did it, yep. I don't know, maybe a third of the time off the top of my head? Like, how many... Starts that those guys make, like Yarbrough and the relievers, Romo, I, I think it's going to only get bigger. If you frankly. really want those numbers, I'll dig them up. But I will tell no, you this, that, that the catching on in September, 50, I believe it was 52 times. I do know that it was 8% of all September starts were openers. But, like, why do you want Sergio Romo just because he starts the game and pitches one inning? Like, or Ryan Stanek is a guy like that, right? I mean, like, what's the... What's the real point? Well, it's the, I think it's, Carter's saying the opposite. Yeah, the guy the that comes Chernos. in after that. The Yanni Chernos, the Ryan Yarbrough, oh. things like that. 
All right, so I missed the point. So that's that's what he's looking for. He wants long relievers that are going to pitch 130 innings because they don't count start. Right, they don't count against his start cap, but they mm-hmm. still give him five six innings. So I'm fascinated by this, and I want to see Eric what your take is. Uh, I'm on board with the opener. I love the Yankees talking about this. And I think if the Yankees do go in the direction of the opener, they should be using Domingo Harmon, who's on my deep sleepers list, as their follower. I think they should be using one of the elite arms as an opener, and I think they should be throwing Harmon for the five to six innings afterwards, and I think they'd maximize his value. Totally agree, but there's no indication they're going to do that. There were hints. Aaron Boone had said a couple things that hinted he was thinking about it. And if that happens, guys like Jonathan Loisega could also oh, yeah. be one who could be exploited as a follower. Lasagna, love him. Um, yes. I just, I'm looking at the race from last year. Do you realize only one starting pitcher pitched more than 100 innings for them? That can't be right. Yes. I mean, Yar- they had uh, only two pitchers on the whole team pitch more than 96 innings. Yarbrough and Blake Snell. Yeah, yeah. I, I did recall Damn. that. Yeah. I think, and so I think it was Archer for, the year before. Yeah, you're looking for like guys who are going to be pitching three, four innings in relief. Um, who's go the to the teams. The Angels? Yeah, go to the teams and, and see the back end. If the back end is weak, I think those are the teams that are going to think about it. Back I think the Padres will. See, I haven't heard that they would do that. Um, like, you could do that with Strom, frankly. Yep. I mean, right? I mean, you could start some a right-hander to pitch the right-handed batters up front, and then Strom goes innings two through six. Yep. I, I don't know. They could do so many different things with Matt Strom. You know, start him, relieve him, close him, anything. Yep. Yep. I, I like the and, idea and of frankly, creativity with the upside arms where you might have a slight durability question where you can massage the innings a bit. I think, in a way, if the Mariners are talking about this with, you say, Kikuchi, where they want to keep his innings in check, I don't think it's unthinkable to look at him as more of a follower than a starter. And if you, and by the way, all this, all these pitchers coming out and saying, well, I won't do it. If your manager tells you to do it, don't you have to do it? This is ridiculous how, like, these pitchers are saying, well, I refuse. I'm a starting pitcher. I won't pitch innings two through six. Look, if if I tell my boss I'm not going to do something, I'll be gone. I I don't understand how players get away with this junk. But the Padres for a second. Chris Paddock. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk that he might not only make the team, but start opening day for them. Has he even pitched in triple A? Let me look. Chris Paddock is a right-hander who's really good, and he's looked really good so far in spring training. He's had like yep. seven Ks, no nary to walk over yep. the weekend against Oakland. He looks like he's ready, but he has only seven starts at AA, none at AAA. It seems like it'd be rushing him. But we, we talk so much about Vlad and Tatis. We don't talk a whole lot about the pitching prospects, but Paddock could make the Padres. Yeah. I, I think the Padres are going to be – the reason I mentioned the Padres as a, a candidate for this is that I feel like the Padres are in the situation with their pitching staff that the Brewers were a year ago. And if the offense does click and makes them a borderline contender, they're going to have to think creatively. And to me, I would maximize every one of the innings, every one of the batters faced I would for their pitchers. And if they need to do it by going openers and then throwing teams off by bringing in a guy like Strom who has great contrast to the, quote, opener – high-end reliever before him, I think that's to their benefit. I think they should do that. I know it's bad for baseball. I get it. I've heard the argument otherwise, and I it's understand not. it. How is it bad for baseball? The the criticism that rings true is that when you go to a baseball game, oh, who are you on. going to see? You're going to see the starting pitcher. I want to go to Seattle, and I want to see, uh, I mean, granted, not at this stage of his career. Not I want Felix. to go see Felix Hernandez pitch. I get that. Great. 
I'm going to Arlington and Matt Moore's a starting pitcher. Do I care or do I care if it's an opener, Jesse Chavez, for an inning? That's ridiculous. It's such a dumb argument. I- right. But but they're using it to go the other direction that if baseball went entirely to openers and we didn't, you know, we didn't know that Noah Syndergaard is pitching for the Mets today. He might come in in the third inning. People aren't going to come to the baseball games. I've heard that. I get it. But I don't think it's ever going to get that extreme. I think Syndergaard's always going to be a starter and Severino's always going to be a starter. Until their arms fall off, which for one of them might be happening. All right, what's next? Don't, don't. Adrian's got a question about prospects. He knows about Tatis and all the big name guys, but Pete Alonso, Garrett Hampson, who has a bigger 2019? I think their teams are trying to block them both, which is kind of ridiculous too. These, some of the signings, like, why would you sign an old guy? I don't, whatever. Pete Alonso, if you let him bat 600 times, he would hit 30 home runs. He might bat 240, but he would hit 30. The power is totally legitimate. And he can defend well enough to play the position. Now, what could the Mets do at first base? I, I have not written off Dominic Smith yet. He's hit well this spring. Would I play Alonzo over Smith? Of course. But, you know, the Mets last year played Jay Bruce. You know, who knows what they're going to do at first base. I think the Rockies have done more to block Hampson than the Mets have done to block Alonzo. Hampson right now is probably the starter. They do have Ryan McMahon. But you could see a scenario where Mark Reynolds makes the team mm-hmm. and Daniel Murphy is pushed back to second base. Or Ian Desmond ends up playing some second base because he's so bad in center. You can see scenarios where Hampson is blocked, can't you? I can see them. Um, I, I see Pat Laka, who yeah. has another you know homer this spring. Yeah, the Rockies are renowned for do, for blocking young players. I don't know what Ryan McMahon has to do to get regular at bats. Right, but I think one of the two of them is going to get fairly regular at bats between McMahon and Hampson, uh, and I, I see both players facing an uphill battle to to gain the at bats they're going to need. By the way, if you like Dominic Smith, we can talk in the sim league. I'd love to trade him for something meaningful. Um, Hampson's floor is considerably higher for this year. That to me, Hampson steals bases. Yeah. I could see Hampson stealing 30 bases, and that would be really more yep. valuable than Alonzo hitting 30 home runs for fantasy because there's, there's, I don't know if it's the percent, percentages, but there's not enough stolen bases to go around. People are reaching for bad players that steal bases because they need them. Right. Hampson could hit bat 300 with 30 steals. That would be truly valuable. That'd be a top 100 player for sure. I think Hampson's skill set is a little bit more balanced here. There's not much in the way of power at all, granted, but he has the ballpark that's going to help the offensive numbers. And I feel like, the skill set you see there with him is much more likely to play initially at the major league level. My fear with Alonzo, and you and I have watched him a lot, is that he does seem to be selling out a lot for power. And I worry whether that could be exploited a little bit as he adapts to the major leagues. Don't be shocked when he gets demoted, Alonzo. It might only be for a couple weeks, but... Great prospect, though. Great prospect. Good power prospect, yes. All right, what's next? Zach will be drafting in the Vampire League tonight, and he wants to know what's the most important piece of advice you'd give somebody trying to transition from a daily league to a weekly league when it comes to drafting. Hmm. Tristan, what's your answer to that? <laughs> you have to have a much- my answer, I mean, in a weekly, you can exploit advantages for starting pitchers. Like, if you know a guy starting twice, um, so that'd be one thing you would, like leave a pitcher active if it's too like you might actually sit a, like a top 20 starting pitcher that week if he has only one start and activate it like a marco gonzalez if he has two in a weekly you don't have to worry about that in the daily league 
Yeah, maximizing your matchups for the week, maximizing the indiv- the performance on each individual inning pitched in a weekly league is paramount. In a daily league, I can try to just volume you to death. That's a major difference between the two. So from the, the drafting standpoint, your pitching strategy for the season needs to be a lot more polished. You can't just go into it and say, oh, I'll worry about it later. I'll just pick up guys as I go. Because if you do that, you're going to be the person chasing the two-star pitchers each and every week. And they might be guys like, I remember I remember the days where I was chasing like Mark Hendrickson because he was playing a bad Rays team in his first start, and then maybe the Orioles in the second start. And it's not a fun place to be. Look, I'm going to lose in my uh, fantasy basketball playoffs to a guy who picks up players every day for the next day. And, he's, and I'm just not going to be awake at 3 a.m. or whatever the time is to pick up these players. And so it's a weekly head-to-head. But, you know, daily, like, daily moves. And, you know, I may not win just because of that, which is fine. I've enjoyed the league. It's been fun. That was a quality transition, by the way, there, going from baseball to basketball from Mark Hendrickson. Well done. I didn't even realize that. I was going to do it anyway. That was brilliant, though. I like it. Even your mistakes are good, Eric. That's just, that's the way it goes. Unintentionally two for two. That's like, that, that's, that's, you know, those spring numbers. He's like the Bob Ross of fantasy baseball. (laughs) Oh, no, no. no. That's what it is. No, no. There's no such thing as accidents, just happy mistakes. (laughs) Wait, what is it? Or maybe there's no such thing as mistakes, just happy accidents? What is the, what is the thing? Makes sense. I have no idea. Kyle's never even heard of Bob Ross. I heard because this came up before. (laughs) I can't wait to see the Photoshop with the haircut. I cannot wait. You've never heard of Friends. Friends? Yes. He's not missing much. Friends, I've heard. Seinfeld? Oh, Ooh, yeah. I said it. Tristan with a hot take there under Eric's uh, comment. I hated that show. Goodness. Hated Man, it. We were just I'm not saying I liked it. I'm just saying, like, you've heard of it. I've right? heard of it. Confirmed. Heard of it. Yep. We've got one last question wanna, here. I, Go ahead. I don't want to bash you anymore, okay? No, it's okay. I, I, I just Thick don't skin. understand what you've watched and haven't watched in your I, life. I do mean, you watch Field of Dreams, if, Kyle? Have if you seen that? Yeah. See, that's blending the... That's so if it's the line. If it's movie, sports you, oriented, there's it. a decent chance I've seen it. Like Rocky. Yeah. Haven't seen. But most the, sports. How have you whoa, not whoa, watched whoa, Rocky? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, boy. There's uh, only so much time in a day. Your favorite host on this show is from a city where Rocky has been made I'm, legendary. I'm reading the hash browns. You're off the show. All oh, right. my gosh. <laughs> See you guys later. I am sorry, guys. Go stand in the corner. <laughs> you got a timeout. Oh. Have, have you never seen Rocky? Any of the Rockies? No. If I had seen one, I'd probably see them all. But no, I haven't seen any. And I... No. You could you could skip right. what was it the fifth the fifth one skip five right. yeah, I skip will five. put that in my don't queue watch five. please okay. skip five if I get one through four I'll let you guys know you got to remind me to skip five four has arguably the greatest sports montage in the history yeah, of oh my god the montage yes it is incredible <laughs> what the one where he's driving through Philly <laughs> the what stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, which one are you t- which I'm one talking one? about the one where he's in Russia training oh, working out outside in Russia. That's a good one too yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like I like the montage where he's driving in his like you know whatever car his Lamborghini and like they're playing what's that song There's no easy way out yeah that's that's a, a, good, that's a good one too. too that's a good one the montage is that, is that overrated too no is that, that an overrated not, movie no too? that one is that one is properly rated I love Thank the montage on that one because that is where the montage joke came from and I love that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'll make sure. I'm going to sit Kyle down. I'm going to make sure he watches all the Rockies and then we will have him talk about it here. But for now, Kyle, yeah. let's finish up with the last question. Fine. All right. We have movie date coming up in that household. That's right. Eric, not Carabelle, wants to know, what is Uinio Sorrow? Whoa. 
That didn't work. Suarez is upside. He wants to know if he has top 10 RBI potential and what is his ceiling when it comes to player rater value. Oh, Kyle, it's A. Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, Come I just, on. Uh, I was fumbling. You got me going with the movies. Oh, it's just all We threw you struggle. off your game. I know. Got my head. I don't know how much more A. Eugenio Suarez can do, Tristan. I mean, he's already had a 30-100 season with a good batting average. He's never going to steal bases. The lineup has gotten better. Jesse Winker can legitimately be a 400 on base guy, right? And Suarez can bat fourth or fifth, I think, regularly for them, right? Is that what they're going to do? They could go Votto, Suarez, Jeanette in the middle of the lineup mm -hmm. after Winker. Yeah. So Senzel could fit in there, Puig, I suppose. <laughs> it's a good lineup. Want me to become Dobbs best friend in a second? Yes. I've got a geeky stat. Yes, that's amazing, but I can't do both of them oh, with this thing. Please. I knew that. I, tried. I know. I must still not know that. That's why I wanted to be his best <laughs> oh, friend here. Goodness. The geeky stat of the day. Holy freak out. The geek is gone for sure. I always break the system here. Uh, A. Eugenio Suarez had the second highest increase in StatCast hard hit percentage uh, between the past two seasons. He had a 46% hard contact rate. I think I'm being serious when I say how much better can it get. Like, he's already – isn't he already a top five third baseman? Have we seen his best uh, I mean, season then? Is it only downhill from here? But I think see, that's a little bit downhill better. is wrong. Don't put downhill on here. He locked in the skills last okay. year. Okay. Uh, not a greater upside. His best season, I guess. I should have stopped there. I mean, I guess technically he's, he's the number six third baseman because we have to take Jose Ramirez in round one, Baez in round two, Arenado's round one, Bregman round one, Rendon round like three, Suarez round four. Is that where he's going? Let me check and make sure. But based it's a, on the player rater. Yeah, it's a, it's a very deep position as we've talked many times. It's difficult to get into the top five just because of the other names there. But when you look at Rendon Suarez, I feel great about the two guys. Yeah, so Rendon is going a 41 average pick. Suarez is 63. That should be smaller. Suarez yes. really should be a top 50 player. Yep. I hope he is in mine, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go look. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't even buy. I don't even know what's up there. But Suarez is really good. Yes, could could is there upside for more? Of course, there's upside. Maybe not in home runs, but in RBI, there certainly is. I mean, they finally stopped leading off Billy Hamilton last year, so that's good. Um, but yeah, Winker, Winker. on base a lot. Winker, that that Votto. that could help. Yeah, Winker and Votto. Wow, could you talk about a better a better team that has you know on the top third of the lineup? RBI opportunity. I mean, that's fantastic. That's a really good lineup. It really is. There's a reason people are talking about them as a, a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their starting pitching, is there any red starting pitcher you like? And and it, everybody says Luis Castillo, but I don't know if you've noticed. His velocity is down this spring. Now, maybe it's nothing. Maybe he's not trying as hard. But I think Luis Castillo has become so underrated that he's become overrated a little bit. People are just always automatically saying, oh, he's going to be fine because of Way, way he looked in like a two month span last season. I'm not so sure of this anymore. Now, no, I got him in a. He's going to be leaks. fine because of how he looked in a two month thing last season. I, I, I mine for the for the uh, the velocity readings for each of those games myself, and it's difficult to get official confirmed reports. And people talk about the peak velocity a guy throws in a game and talk about it as their average for that performance. So I have a hard time really buying into what we've seen so far. But I have my eye on it. You're right. The velocity dip last year is a bit of a concern. He seems like the guy. If you say, give me a list of starting pitchers that have become so underrated that they're overrated, he might be leading that list. I'm, I'm going to try to give you a couple other names here. The Shawshanks of the pitching pool, in other words. 
Well, that's just a ridiculous comparison. It's a <laughs> I love Shawshank. I think, I, I I, but but I, I get it. It is a great movie. I never said it wasn't. Why is this so hard to understand? <laughs> it isn't. I know where you you're, use I, the word overrated, and right. it's not. It's but not overrated, overrated it's doesn't mean it's bad. Movie. No, it is a fantastic movie. I agree with you. He's saying it's just too beloved, and I get that. I I, I get that. But it is a great movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah, it's perfect in every way. Um, is Shane Bieber becoming so underrated that he's overrated? He looked good when we watched him. We sat oh, right there and we watched his stuff. He looked so good. I mean, I, I think he is good. Don't we have a right to be optimistic here? I get where I you're am. going. I, I'm just saying, like, sometimes they can the, the drive they drive the value a little bit too high. And Luis Castillo might be there. Bieber, the same type of thing. Tyler Glass now. Ross Stripling. Um, yeah, Musgrove is yeah. another name everybody seems to love. Nobody seems to hate. I'm just saying these are names. They're not guaranteed guys. That are, Alex Reyes of the Cardinals, I don't know if he's going to pitch more than 50 innings this season. Right. And people are actually drafting him right. over some starting pitchers that I like a little bit. I like Jake Junis of the Royals. Um, who else do I like? I like this. You're doing like the pump the break things on the on these pitchers, and yeah, I, think I think that's important. smart. I, I like all these pitchers, but you're right. There's a lot of optimism surrounding them. And Glasnow. Glasnow is a great example yeah. of that. Annabelle Sanchez. He's currently not being drafted in ESPN Standard Leagues. Why can't he do what he did last year again? I don't see why. Because he's old and he had a rough career. I, I don't understand why it's impossible for that to happen. Why, why would you automatically take Alex Reyes or Dylan Bundy, who should bounce back to some degree? Right. I, I, I looked at Animo Sanchez and he made some tweaks that could make him sustainable. That was the Wade Miley thing that I wrote up as well. They made some important adjustments. I, I don't want to believe in either one because they're past history, but you're right. I understand that. But again, if you're taking if you're taking Annabelle Sanchez with one of your last picks and he gets lit for his first two outings in April, just dump him. Yeah. What's the big deal? The easiest time to replace a pitcher, too, that time of year. And you're going to find somebody who has a great first outing in April and you're like, okay, I believe in that guy. And maybe it's like Justice Sheffield or Tuki, Tuki Toussaint or, you know, what it could be Aaron Sanchez. If his first outing for Toronto is six shutout innings with eight strikeouts and area walk, everybody's going to add him and say, hey, wasn't he really good a couple of years ago, but we all gave up on him? Yeah, he was yeah. really good. Yeah, he was. And he can do that again. He could. I need to see evidence. And, you know, the good thing is, if it comes in April, we'll have actual metrics and actual velocity readings and numbers we can really hang our hat on. (laughs) All right. We are uh, winding it down for today's show, and we thank you so much for listening. So every week now, it'll be Monday, Thursday podcast with uh, this crew, we believe, and our editorial watchdog, if he wants to show up. Uh, So the next one will be on Thursday. Get your drafts in. And check out all the great material at ESPN Fantasy, including Tristan's Deep Sleepers article. I wrote an article today. A little bit overrated, but check it out anyway if you like. And uh, <laughs> So underrated, it's overrated. That's you know, probably you know, true. That's, I don't you think know it's what we forgot. You know what we forgot? We should wish best of luck to everybody in the Vampire League tonight. We will crush you. Yeah, that's not going to happen because we're not going to have any good players. <laughs> so it's gonna Shh, be- don't tell them that. <laughs> Literally no good players on our Literally. rosters. Zero. Who's the best player? Who's the best player we're going to be able to add tomorrow in those? Derek Jeter. I'm serious. Like to some degree, like yeah. Mike Fires. Like that's oh, going to oh, be my oh, ace. Oh, 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 the guys after. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We were supposed to do that. The, basically, for people I don't know, and, and we talk about it a lot, and we won't, you know, in a month. But like, basically, not eleven teams get to draft what they want, and you and I can draft nothing. Predicted. And then tomorrow, 
whoever's on free agency we can add. So is right. someone just not going to draft Mike Fires? Is someone just simply not going to draft trying to think I mean I guess Adam predict Jones your, might Yeah, predict that. your guy which guarantees he's going to get drafted tonight, but predict your guy. Well, I think it's going to be easier to find power than speed, but mm-hmm. um like Starling Castro. Nobody wants to draft Starling Castro. He's I got him for nothing cash. in our new draft last week. Yeah. So yeah. I, I predict I'll get – or Joey Wendell, who I think can do it again. Joey Wendell would be a good guy to get in that league. I think is that no, is that on I think they're both getting picked. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yours is the – isn't yours the head-to-head categories and mine's points? Correct. So, you're, you, so you would want Wendell there, but I wouldn't because he doesn't have power or speed. Although somebody on the telecast yesterday, these announcers are unbelievable, said Joey Wendell could hit 30 home runs. And I thought, didn't he hit like seven last year? You think he's going to go from seven to 30? <laughs> but because you're a former player, you can say whatever you want on a telecast. Um, all right. I think I've bashed enough people today. I hope to keep my job for Thursday's show. Thank you so much for listening. For Daniel, for Kyle, for Leo, and for Tristan, I am Eric. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.